What is up, guys? Welcome back to part two of an episode with Nathan Phillips, co-founder of Technology, Humans, and Taste, also known as that. Nathan is extremely creative. He's got a really unique perspective when it comes to creativity, when it comes to marketing, and he is all about pushing the boundaries and leaning into things like the metaverse, which none of us understand entirely. So we're going to talk all about it. Lots of good stuff coming. Here you go. Hey, are you interested in marketing, community building, NFTs and crypto, social media, and the metaverse? It's all moving fast and it's easy to be overwhelmed. No one knows the future and no one knows exactly what the intersection of these things will look like. My name is Mark Robinson and I do my best to break it down as we connect with leaders in the space and figure it out together. Thanks for listening as we laugh, learn, and lean into the future of digital marketing. You're obviously a very creative thinker. You work alongside of a lot of creatives in your agency. Um, how do you get into that place consistently where you can think outside the box? You can think creatively. I know before you mentioned, go look at garbage or look at something that's ugly. Um, how do you, how do you stay creatively inspired? How do you get yourself consistently in a place where you can think outside the box and think creatively? So, um, I like try to have a systems approach to, uh, as much of what the creative practice is. Um, and there's like two big parts. One, um, we as a company started with this creative methodology, um, which has evolved quite a bit. And now we have digital capabilities that make it immensely scalable, but we figured out, um, a way that anyone can have an idea really quickly. And the way that we use that methodology is to approach everything from a maximalist perspective. So we never have an idea. We have... 50 ideas and 70 ideas and 100 ideas and 400 ideas. And then we use that as the raw materials to conceive. So as a company, our process um, results in a very different approach to creative, which allows us to be innovative all the time with the way we work. From a personal practice perspective, um, I think, you know, people talk a lot about flow and flow is this aspirational creative state, which is amazing, right? And I've got Music I like to listen to. I like to wrap my head in a lot of fabric. I have multiple screens and I have an environment where I can lock into a flow state in a very intentional way. But I like to think of another idea, which I would call chaotic flow, which is actually moving in the opposite direction. And the quickest allegory is to think of an exercise class. An exercise class is all about getting you out of your head and into your body. So your brain, right? Isn't this ethereal thing? It's a muscle that exists. It's made of flesh and it's floating around inside your skull. So if we treat it like a muscle, how can you approach creativity in a way where you are never in the zone? You're always chasing the zone. You're always trying to fight your way into the zone. And so I approach the large majority of my creative practice from this chaotic flow perspective. And I play really loud music. I have a very messy desk. I use cards entirely, and I don't ever write in a computer until I'm ready to just put stuff in there. So everything is apart, everything is non-linear, everything is disjointed, so that I'm sparring with myself to constantly synthesize and synthesize a chaotic output into something which makes sense. Because, and I realize I'm sort of ranting, (laughs) <laughs> the thing to remember when it comes to creative output is it's just like a road race. Like it doesn't have to be good until the end. Right. right. Everyone, especially in advertising, it's like 
This is your strategy. Here are your deliverables. This is your audience. This is the mandate. We've been working on it for two hours. Show me, is it an idea? Get rid of that, go in this direction. And it's like, we didn't even think of anything yet, right? We're mm-hmm. so concerned with getting the right idea that we're afraid of making a mistake. But making mistakes is how you figure out what you're supposed to be doing. So it should have a way longer tail, way more throwing away, a much bigger wastebasket. And then at the very end, when you've thought of all the possibilities, you go, well, I know exactly what it needs to be now because I destroyed this room that I'm in and I'm exhausted and sweaty. (laughs) Nice. So empowering failure by overloading with tons of ideas and not seeing the ones that don't work out as an idea that didn't work out, but really just that's just part of the process in sculpting what ends up being the final idea, campaign, product, service, whatever that is that actually accomplishes what you're, you're trying to get there. Yeah. And, you know, we've created some um, really powerful, amazing tools that allow us to manifest environments, um, Web3 metaversal environments where I can enter into a space surrounded not just by the ideas I've had now, but every single idea I've had in the last five years, um, every piece of research and um, allows me to uh, explore in really amazing ways. And it's great for a brand because it allows you to discover stuff inside of the world of your brand that a traditional agency would have thrown out because it was against the brief. Well, Hmm. It's important to remember when you're working in marketing, if you knew what the answer was in the beginning, you wouldn't have hired an agency, right? right? So instead of saying, here's exactly what we need, we like to start with a problem and go on a search to figure out in the world of opportunities what that right thing is. And that's why our work is generally stands out as being differentiated, innovative, and effective. And what about... NFTs. Have you explored NFTs at all? Are you seeing businesses or are you encouraging businesses as part of your creative strategies and creative thinking for companies to incorporate that into their business plan at all or into their marketing strategies? So I would say that an NFT isn't part of a marketing strategy and NFT is part of a media strategy. Um, and a media strategy is a placement, right? It's an empty black box that you're going to put something in out in the world. So mm-hmm. I would approach an NFT like it would any technology or any media, which is, does the concept require the thing? Um, so we have, at, we've sold a couple NFTs through the company. We have an originals group, which makes work that we say clients aren't ready to buy yet. Um, that's motivated by the desires of our collaborators or people that work at the company. Um, <clears throat> and through that lens, we've made some NFTs and we're working on a pretty epic NFT project right now. Um, But when it comes to marketers, I think I can kind of provide a lens that I would absolutely raise NFTs as being really important, Um, which is, I think, through the lens of loyalty programs, NFTs have an incredibly important place in marketing. Um, That's a great place to start because it's a form of ownership. It's a form of real value. um, And that's a great conversation to have with your customer, with your consumer, Mm -hmm. with your participant. Um, What I would avoid is collectibles because I think collectibles are when people say like, yeah, NFTs are great now, but they're all going to go away. 
because people don't care about the same stuff forever. So when we're talking about like, oh, I bought, you know, this moment or I bought this hat from a certain, you know, super famous politician's wife, it's like, cool. Yeah. But like, you're buying a legend. So it's like, that's not going to be important forever. And if it is, then you're basically trading baseball cards, which is cool. But like, it's not interactive. It's not participatory. So let's think bigger. Let's give people something that is going to continue to add value and invite them to participate in an ongoing way, like your credit card points, right? Your credit card points are very similar to an NFT, although they're fungible. But like, that's a great system to think about how to approach um, NFTs through a marketing lens. Love that. Great perspective. Cool. What have we not touched on? What else should I be asking you or what else do you want to share about marketing when it comes to like just the future of marketing and the metaverse? Um, broadly speaking, I think that advertising and marketing will define very much this like next dimension of humanity but I don't necessarily think, and I absolutely include myself in the cohort that I'm just going to suggest doesn't know what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. The people in charge of um, crafting those stories don't necessarily have all the best answers. Because if you've been great at marketing up until now, that is not what is next. What is next is an invitation to participate. And it's much more... It's much closer to an immersive theater experience or a game, you know, game experience or being a carnival barker than it is to a traditional media plan. So I think there's a place for, you know, marketers and everything um, as we're moving forward. But in terms of defining what those rules are, being a part of what comes next, um, it should sound crazy because no one's ever done it before. And we have something we like to say a lot at that, which is you can't know what you're doing if you're doing something differently because no one knows how to do the thing they've never done before. Um, right. And it sounds simple and stupid, but when you really think about it, it's true. Like, do you want to rely on this big, you know, decades old agency to like show you what the metaverse is going to be? It's like, there's no way that they could have the answer. The answer exists in the head of the people that have been pioneering this storytelling and this narrative design for decades. And they are artists and nerds. Now, at that, you know, we don't often hire traditional agency folks. If we do, they are people who can think dimensionally and think about creating these additive experiences for humans. But we do work in partnership with artists all the time. We work in partnerships with digital designers and real product innovators. And what we do is create a conversation that helps them contribute what they think will be great for this world we're building. And then we make sure to align that and curate that so that it serves the objectives of the brand. And I think that model allows us to be really effective at doing stuff like the work we did for the immersive Van Gogh experience or, mm -hmm. um, you know, the large scale brand projects we've done for things like Nielsen Global Media, where, you know, exploring a brand that's that big still requires a new approach. Totally. Yeah. And what I'm hearing is there's, it's kind of a 
open playing field for anybody. And it requires thinking differently, thinking in a completely new way. So anyone by, you know, tapping into their own creativity and by just coming up with new ideas can compete with a billion dollar brand because we're not competing in terms of resources or past history. It's redefining the future and getting creative and coming up with new ideas. Yeah. And I'm going to say one, just one kind of additional shade to that, which is it unfortunately isn't an open playing field, right? In the same way that before you use the word capitalize and wanted to make Mm -hmm. a nicer word, but in reality it is capitalized. Right. The playing field isn't open. And that is one of the biggest challenges because when you think through the lens of speculative design around what the future of marketing could be, what a web three more equitable and ethical use of data could be, what purchase behaviors could be, what e-commerce could be that really contributes to people's lives. The people making those decisions are the people that have designed the financial model of the media universe that we're looking at now. The people who aren't on the field, the new ideas, potentially we need to give them a way to be a part of the conversation. And that might be if you, you know, look like me, you're a 40 something, six foot one, I'd say like maybe moderately handsome dude in Brooklyn (laughs) in a hoodie and black jeans and weird sneakers. Like, it's time for us to do some listening, to make some room on the field and to see what could potentially happen and support those unfamiliar voices and unfamiliar methods of working um, because that's how we're going to figure out a better way of doing stuff. Yeah, definitely. Love it. Where is the best place for somebody to follow along and find you if they want to connect with you or learn more? Awesome. I'm on... Most social media, um, at Nathan Phillips, two L's, at Nathan Phillips on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I've taken a little hiatus from all of it, but I'm coming roaring back into existence momentarily. Um, nice. You can find uh, Technology, Humans, and Taste at that.site. That's T-H-A-T dot S-I-T-E. And um, always down, if you want to DM or hit me up on LinkedIn or over email, to chat about stuff, be challenged, um, or, you know, even just information share because it's a collective battle and the marketing community has an immense amount of responsibility for what happens next for every single human on earth. So there's not yes. much to do. <laughs> awesome. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for joining me today, man. Hey, thanks for having me.